I mean, why not resign and not have to go through the committee? If I had any inkling of guilt or intent to commit a crime, I would. But I want to go to jail rather than admit to something I didn't do. And when there's no... It's July of 2002, and Ohio Congressman Jim Trafkett is in the U.S. Capitol, surrounded by reporters. He'd recently been found guilty of committing 10 felonies, including corruption and racketeering. Soon, he'll be going to prison. But first, he'll testify in front of his colleagues in Congress who will decide if he should be expelled. I'm going to fight these bastards. And I'm not done yet. And I may survive this. So what do you, think what do you mean you may survive this? You have resigned yourself to expulsion? Don't use the word resign. I don't know what they're going to do. They're probably going to expel. Bertram D'Souza, the longtime reporter from Youngstown, was there for the vindicator. I decided to go cover the, the hearing instead of taking a vacation. And trafficking was his usual self. Give me the news, because Mr. D'Souza is here from The Vindicator, and if you want to be defamed, there's nobody in America that can defame you like D'Souza. Trafkin had never been a big fan of D'Souza's. And D'Souza, you're no good, you're worthless, you're disgusting, and I hope you get that chirpy's disease. But I got a sense that he realized that he was in trouble. After one session at the ethics hearings, I'm talking to him in the hallway, and a group of members of Congress, I think there were five or six of them, come walking down. And he calls them out by name, and only one acknowledged him. And I could tell by his look that it shocked him that those guys that he had been pals with would now not even look him in the eye. When you watch that man that I had watched since the early days, standing alone in the hallway in the House of Representatives, almost a pariah, that, that was not only mind-boggling, but you know, in a way sad. House to be in order. Gentleman from Ohio was recognized. Now, I'm going to get right to the point. I'll go to jail before I'll resign and admit to something I didn't do. Now, you go ahead and expel me, but you ran this place for 50 years, Democrats. And you made the IRS, the FBI, and Justice Department so strong, our people are afraid to death of them. The American people are afraid of their government. Why are we afraid of our government? I'll be damned if I'll be pressured by a government. I would caution the gentleman, would you please avoid profanity, indecent language. I apologize. You know what I was told? You're too outspoken. Watch what you say. Am I different? Yeah. Have I changed my pants? No. Deep down, you know you want to wear wider bottoms. You're just not secure enough to do it. Do I do my hair with a weed whacker? I admit. <laughs> I've helped everybody in my district, and every one of these people, yeah, I didn't even like some of them. But when they had a 22% unemployment rate, did I go to bat for them? Yes. I'm prepared to lose everything. I'm prepared to go to jail. You go ahead and expel me. But I'm going to tell you what, you didn't elect me. My people don't want me out. 
and I don't think you should take their representative away. And with that, thank you for listening to me and vote your conscience, nothing personal. Speaker, I move the questions on the resolution. Those in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed say no. On this vote, the ayes are 420, the noes are one. The resolution is agreed to without objection. Representative James A. Trafficant Jr. hereby is expelled from the House of Representatives. While his sins were easily forgiven in the Mahoning Valley, it wasn't so nationally. Now, in the end, he turned out to be his own worst enemy. And so who lost? We did. We the Valley. Just moments ago, Judge Leslie Wells sentenced Jim Trafficking to eight years in prison. Eight years? Eight years in prison for Congressman Jim Trafficking. Just before she sentenced Trafficking, she castigated him, saying that he used his office as a racketeering enterprise, smeared public service, and practiced what she called the drumbeat of the big lie. I'm Mark Smerling, and this is Crooked City. He was the big bad guy fighting the big bad government. The government felt that they can go ahead and bring a charge and I would crawl under a rock and hide. He was the original anti-establishment candidate. My area lost more jobs than anybody else in the country. And they believed that Jim Trafficking was going to bring steel back to the Mahoney Valley. They just wanted those mills reopened. He did a lot for us. He got us the Cavelli Center. He got us the federal courthouse. He was the voice of a forgotten people. Let's straighten our country out. Let's put America first. Chapter 15, Beam Me Up. Ex-Congressman Jim Trafficken sat in federal prison for seven and a half years. He barely talked to his family or friends and had little contact with the outside world. From his cell, he watched as the world spun on without him. He watched trade agreements, ones he'd railed against, lead American manufacturers to move even more jobs overseas. 16% of its manufacturing jobs lost... As outsourcing and relocations continue apace, Europe and the U.S. are bleeding jobs. And the Rust Belt spread beyond Youngstown across the entire country to places like Flint, Michigan. We are announcing the closing of 11 of our older plants. The effect on Flint is absolutely devastating. In Galesburg, Illinois, where a refrigerator plant shut down. You know, we're making things and being a part of finished product. It was sad. I don't understand why our jobs have to go to another country. It just doesn't make sense. And a textile mill in Kannapolis, North Carolina. The largest single layoff in North Carolina history. I worked here with my mother, with my grandmother, my aunts and my uncles work here. It's really devastating, you know. While trafficking was in prison, almost five million people lost their jobs in manufacturing. Trafficking had seen it coming decades before. What happened in Youngstown will happen everywhere else if we don't deal with our economy. And then in 2008, something happened that no one predicted. 
The world was rocked by the financial crisis. The Dow tumbled more than 500 points. Traders here working the phone say a lot of their customers are freaked out, waiting to see how low the Dow will go. Dow has fallen about 18%. We're now down 43%. It was the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. Spurred by white-collar greed, the housing market collapsed. And it was blue-collar workers who were hit the hardest. It is the largest number of Americans living in poverty since they began keeping track. Nobody got jobs. Everybody's out there trying to hustle, make their buck. The recession magnified the gap between the richest and the poorest. After I lost my job, everything went downhill from there. Got divorced, lost my house. The central question of this political season is what happened to the middle class? What happened to the American dream? In response to the crisis, billions of dollars were handed out in government bailouts. The House passes a sprawling $700 billion government rescue of the financial industry. The federal government began pumping billions of dollars into U.S. banks. You got bailout, we got sold out, you got Wall Street's got enough money as it is. We're the ones that work. So all those guys do is push pencils and push buttons. As far as I'm concerned, Wall Street can go to hell. People across the country felt cast aside and forgotten. And those feelings turned into anger. We're here today because we, the people, have had enough! I'm pissed off Ridiculous. that bankers get bonuses when they should be in jail. They directed their anger at the government, and they called themselves the Tea Party. A lot of folks out here, especially me, are upset about a lot of that spending. Liberty, baby, we got to keep it. We got to keep that liberty going, man. This is our country. We pay these people to do a job. You don't get something for nothing. You never did and you never will. You're going to pay sooner or later. We're out here to say enough is enough. It's September of 2009 and there's a news crew waiting outside the Federal Corrections Facility in Rochester, Minnesota. Cameras are rolling on the front door of a brick building surrounded by chain-link fencing and topped with barbed wire. 68-year-old Jim Trafkin walks briskly out of the building. He's wearing a gray T-shirt, baggy white shorts, and socks up to his knees. He looks older, and he's got a slight hunch. He carries his things in a duffel bag slung over his shoulder and a trash bag in his hand. Trafkin did not talk to reporters. He approaches a yellow cab and ducks into the front seat. He's eager to get back to Youngstown. He's been gone way too long, and his people need him. Welcome to True Spies, the podcast that takes you deep inside the greatest secret missions of all time. Suddenly out of the dark, it's appeared Bin Laden. You'll meet the people who live life undercover. What do they know? What are their skills? And what would you do in their position? Vengeance felt good. Seeing these people pay for what they'd done felt righteous. True Spies from Spyscape Studios, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? 
Follow the price of paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Jim Trafficking got out of prison after seven years, and three weeks later, he was back in the spotlight. Here he is on the talk show Hardball with Chris Matthews. Well, Jim Trafficking, thank you very much for joining us. I assume after these seven years out of the political business and in prison that you've learned something about life, something important that you didn't know before. I'm just guessing. The main thing I learned is when I come back that I wasn't the only one in prison. It seems like this whole valley had been in prison. Youngstown was hit hard in the financial crisis. It would soon be declared the most impoverished city in the country. If we can give billions and billions of dollars to banks who won't even lend it to our people, I said, why not take care of our own people? So I'm tired of seeing this money going all over the world, all this stimulus money. Stimulate this. You've been missing a few chapters in American political life. And when you got out, you were watching all these teabag parties, all these town hall meetings. What's your reaction to the world you missed, this sort of angry American right out there? Are you part of that? I think that they need a little bit of direction, but they mean well. They're upset with the country. Well, will you still talk like a politician, like you're running for office again? You never know. I may. And they better be careful. We're all going to have clean air. No one's going to have a job. And everybody's losing their home, especially around here. And I expect them to do something or I will come back down there. What would you like to see Jim Traffic and do? Run. <laughs> Run again. Do it again? Yeah, they'll elect him. Everybody makes mistakes, so give him a second chance. He's a good guy. I don't know. I felt like he was more for the Valley than anything. It seemed like it's falling apart now that he's gone. I think maybe he can bring them back together. That's what we need around here. It's official. Jim Trafficking wants to get his old seat in Congress back. Just after 9.30 Monday morning, Jim Trafficking walked into the Trumbull County Board of Elections and filed petitions to run as an independent. It wasn't going to be easy for Trafficking to get his old seat back. He was an ex-con with no campaign money, and he needed more than 2,000 signatures to even get on the ballot. So he headed out on the campaign trail. Very glad to be here. I'm glad to be anywhere. At rallies, he connected with a growing grassroots movement. In this group, the Tea Party, is a very controversial speaking engagement for a political figure. I've never ducked controversy. If, in fact, something good can happen. The Tea Party was gaining momentum, hosting rallies and marches all over the country. And here, trafficking tapped into people's anger at jobs going abroad. Mexico gets American investment, American jobs. America gets two baseball players to be named later. And shared their fears of outsiders coming in. We got borders wide open to a bunch of illegals that jumped the damn fence. With a neon sign blinking, come on over. You should be thrown the hell out. And trafficking fanned the flames of a growing suspicion that the media was the enemy of the people. Now, I've never been too supported by the media, and you know that. And this mainstream media, they... Well, I better not say it. Ah, go ahead. Say it! But anyway, I have, still have a lot of enemies. And I don't like what's happening in America, but I'm not going to shut my mouth. You just get me those votes. You got Would you vote for Jim? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. He didn't do anything any worse than some of these other Congress people are doing, and he got sent to prison because he would tell the truth. Nobody tells the truth anymore.
I think they're very concerned about me possibly coming back and having a viable shot at winning mm -hmm. even after seven years in prison. And I think they're going to start sending people in here to try and stop whatever momentum I might have. Three months before the election, Trafficant still needed a few more signatures to get on the ballot. He remains 31 signatures short. The Board of Elections had thrown out many of the signatures over technicalities, and Trafficant suspected foul play. He feels that there's no chance that he's going to get on the ballot because of the system. Campaign supporters stood outside the Mahoning County Board of Elections, insisting they've come up with more signatures that should be counted. Who's so afraid of Jim Trafficking? Who's so afraid of the truth? And at one point, tempers flared. You make you go to the decision here today. I understand hey, that. Police were called, but no arrests were made. I ask you to do the right thing, the legal thing, and the American thing, and put James Trafficking on the ballot. If he does not get on the ballot after this evidence is presented, it's clearly fraud. Trafficking supporters gathered at the Mahoning County Board of Elections Monday in hopes of seeing their candidate on the November ballot. <laughs> Only 20 minutes into the meeting, they got their wish. I believe Jim Trafficking was going to be put on the ballot, so my dream come true. On election day 2010, citizens of Youngstown filed into school gymnasiums and community centers to cast their vote. They read through the ballot and got to Jim Trafficking's name. And while many loved him, others thought he was corrupt and didn't deliver on his promises. There are residents of the Valley who believe that had there been anybody else other than Jim Trafficking in Congress, we would be much more ahead than we are today. That despite his bluster and bombast, Jim Trafficant was not good because in the end, all that he provided were crumbs. Would you vote for Jim Trafficant for Congress? No comment. <laughs> I think we've been embarrassed enough as a valley. We don't need a further embarrassment by electing someone that was in jail. In the end, Jim Trafficant lost. The people had spoken. They're ready to move on. But the movement that Jim Trafficking foretold would continue. There's a Tea Party tidal wave, and we're sending a message to them. Tea Party favorite Rand Paul has pulled out a win over his Democratic opponent. Tea Party-backed candidate Marco Rubio coasted to victory. The one who's really getting eyebrows raised out here is Nikki Haley. The movement has clearly impressed in its first major election. Now, I want to know what's next for you, Mr. Trafficking. I got to be careful. It's like a lot of friends say, they've already destroyed you, they've taken away your name. Be careful you don't get too much in the public eye again because they'll kill you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. I could tell you about the farm. That's pretty, pretty neat place out there. He asked me to come out there to help him. And that's what I did. I wanted to be with him. This is Anthony Trafficanti, one of Jim Trafficant's former congressional aides. Anthony was Trafficant's cousin, and they'd always been close. Um, he loved music, all the soundtracks, all those spaghetti westerns. He would crank that in his diesel pickup truck. That was the music he liked. He liked that thrilling music. I think he looked at himself as being John Wayne, looked at himself as somewhat being Clint Eastwood. With the music blaring, Trafficant would drive Anthony to his farm outside of Youngstown. And he had a nice house out there, beautiful, 170 acres he had. When he'd come home, straight to the farm. The farm was something he loved so much. He loved being out there, tethering the hay, which he taught me how to do, spread manure, driving the tractor. That was his salvation. told Trafficant was found underneath an old farm tractor that had tipped over while the longtime former congressman was trying to drive it into one of the barns on the property. Former U.S. Congressman James Trafficant has passed away following an accident this week at his family's farm in Green Township. Jim Trafficant's memorial was held in an old theater in downtown Youngstown. Locals watched a video of his one-minute speeches from the house floor and they listened as friends and family stood up to remember their hero. Jim Trafficant will be remembered most for his kind heart. He would take time to sit down and talk to people, but his legacy will basically be helping the underdog with the fight, because Jim was a fighter. He was strong-minded. You, you weren't gonna take him off of what he believed. What he believed, he believed, and, 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 and I, I admire people who do that. When it came to Jim, nobody, nobody could be indifferent. He made sure you had an opinion. He made sure that you remember him. They asked me to come in to do the uh, obituary column. Vindicator reporter Bertram D'Souza. I sat at my desk for a long time trying to figure out what it is you say. And, you know, remembering the phrase, thou shalt not speak ill of the dead. He was one of the most talented politicians I had ever met. He had an innate sense of where the public was, what the people were thinking, what the people wanted. But I couldn't bring myself to say good things about this man who brought such shame to the region. And I wrote, he will be mourned by his staunch supporters, 
but there won't be the outpouring of sympathy from his former colleagues on Capitol Hill, nor will the White House pay tribute to him. Trafficking had a political talent on loan from God, but rather than use it for the good of mankind, he enriched himself, and for that he served time behind bars. James Trafficking was one of the most talented politicians this region has seen. Trafficking also was one of the most corrupt. And that column reflected truthfully Howard's feeling. I mean, anything else would have been a lie. For many years, the mob ruled Youngstown. And when one boss died, there was always another boss to take over. The American dream is dead, but we're going to make it bigger and better and stronger than ever before. And we are going to make America great again, and you're going to be so proud. In 2017, President Donald Trump did what presidents had done for decades. He went to Youngstown. I am thrilled to be back in the great state of Ohio, right here, with the incredible men and women of Youngstown. I know that Trump was aware of who Jim Trafficking was. And if you listen to a lot of the stuff that Trump is talking about, Trafficking was the first to talk about it. I think it is a national security reason to put our military troops in some form or fashion on our borders. I've been working very hard on the borders. I will build the greatest wall you've ever seen. It will be a beautiful wall. It will be a big wall. The messages the people were hearing from Trump were familiar to them. While foreign workers are building American cars, American workers are getting pink slips. We're losing tremendous numbers of jobs because our politicians, they're allowing these great companies to leave our country with thousands and tens of thousands and ultimately Millions of jobs left behind. And Trump made some familiar promises to the people of the Mahoning Valley. I was looking at some of those big, once incredible job-producing factories, and my wife, Melania, said, what happened? I said, those jobs have left Ohio. They're all coming back. There was still one big employer keeping the valley going, the General Motors plant in Lordstown. But there were rumors that GM was going to cut jobs. We're going to get those jobs coming back and we're going to fill up those factories or rip them down and build brand new ones. So it's going to happen. He said exactly what Trafficant would have said. I'm going to make sure that General Motors not only expands, but I'm going to bring another plant in. Let me tell you folks in Ohio and in this area, don't sell your house. Don't move. Don't sell your house. People grabbed onto that. Because this is one region, the Rust Belt, that was desperate. I, I guess when you're desperate, you look for a hero. And here was another guy saying, I know how to fix this. We are keeping our promises to the people. And yes, we are putting finally, 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 we are putting America first. A large American factory stopped production today. 1,600 workers at the General Motors plant in Lordstown, Ohio, are affected by this. The 
Lordstown General Motors plant closed, upending President Trump's words in Youngstown shortly after he became president about jobs coming back. He told his supporters that he was going to bring jobs back to the area and they shouldn't sell their houses. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of our members that have had to leave the area and they have sold their houses. Last year, we drove around the Mahoning Valley to see the old mills and plants that surround Youngstown, the ones that generations of politicians have promised to revive. I'll take it out to the little town. There's not even a landmark there that looks like anything like it used to be. We first met Gerald Dickey in Episode 1. He spent 30 years working in the steel mills. See, there was a steel mill building. This used to be J&L. My father-in-law worked there. Gerald points out the smokestacks and crumbling buildings that speckle the valley. Here's the open art building, Briar Hill, right there. We watched them build all this. We had a bench out there. We used to sit on that bench to take a break. Yeah, they sealed all that up and took the bench down. For the people left in Youngstown, the remains of the mills beckoned from the past but there's no way to just flick the switch and go back to the days of roaring industry. This would be Youngstown sheet and tube rod and wire over here. They were loading railroad cars with coal down here at midnight. I worked midnights. The U.S. Steel, their plant was along the river down there and there's nothing left. They got that thing down so fast, whatever was there is gone. As we drive between the shadows of the mills, the sun glints off the Mahoning River. There's an old saying that no man steps in the same river twice because it's not the same river and he's not the same man. The world has changed and this part of the country has struggled to change with it. You're just, you're mad. You're mad at the world. You're mad at the guys in charge. And uh, I'm not sure what they expected us to do. As we approach downtown, we passported up storefronts and fast food joints. What happened to the world, I don't know. We eat and drink and don't make anything. Soon we pass Youngstown State University. The campus is teeming with young people, rushing to and from their classes. Nearly 13,000 students attend this college. It's the city's biggest employer. After the tour with Gerald, we stopped at a local bar that everyone told us we couldn't miss, Royal Oaks, the first bar to open here after Prohibition. It's seen it all. The heyday of steel when people came here to buy their pals drinks, then its collapse when they came here to drown their sorrows. Today, a few diehards nurse their beers after a hard day of work. But sometimes, college kids pile in after a day of studying and bring this place back to life. They catch up with friends. They talk about their dreams for the future. But on the walls all around them is the past. A big sign from Youngstown Sheet and Tube and old hard hats on the shelves. Faded photos of men in hats and tuxedos tending the bar, the mobsters who used to run this place. And tucked into the back bar on the top shelf, there's a painting of a man with crazy gray hair smiling. Nothing behind him but blue sky. On his head, a crown of thorns. Hovering above that, a halo. It's Youngstown's patron saint, Jim Traficant. 
thank you for staying with us all the way to the end of our journey. I want to give a heartfelt thanks to the people of Youngstown and all those who were kind enough to share their stories. They made this possible. I also want to thank the Mahoning Valley Historical Society, The Vindicator, and WKBN for their great journalism over the years and for preserving the stories of Youngstown so we could bring them back to life. Crooked City is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The show is produced by Catherine Sullivan, Alexa Burke, Zach St. Louis, and Olivia Briley. Ryan Swikert is our senior producer. Story editing is by me, Mark Smerling, and Ryan Swikert. Kevin Shepard is our associate producer. Scott Curtis is our production manager. Fact-checking by Donia Suleiman. Rick Kwan did the mix. Sound design by Alexa Burke. Special thanks to Alessandro Santoro. Music by Kenny Kusiak and Marmoset. Our title track is Hurricane Heart Attack by The Warlocks. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at Crooked City Pod. That's at Crooked City Pod. If you've enjoyed Crooked City, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening.